Hey listeners, before we get to your show, this is a blast from your past. Were you hanging around in the 90s watching Nickelodeon before you got too old for it and started smoking weed and doing drugs? Well, then you should know us. This is Danny Tamborelli and... And this is Michael C. Morona. We're here to ask you to check out our podcast, The Adventures of Danny and Michael. And here's our on-air producer, Jeremy, to tell us what you'll be hearing. You can hear things like minisodes, full episodes, nostalgia dumps, interviews with some of today's hottest comedians. That's right, Jeremy. All of those things and more. So check us out. The Adventures of Danny and Mike on the Seltzer Kings Network. You're now listening to The Bradshaw Boys, a podcast where three relatively grown men binge the iconic HBO series Sex and the City. So dust off those DVDs and grab yourself a white wine or even a cosmopolitan and settle in. Take it away, boys. Welcome to the Bradshaw Boys, a podcast where three guys watch Sex and the City for the first time ever, mostly. I'm Corey Cabin. I am Kevin James Doyle. Why are we so sad? I'm John Sieber. We're not. No, this I'm, isn't sad. This is this I, I, is determined and moving forward. Have you ever ready to dive in? Have you I'm ever been in the, the the twenty twenty sixth point one mile of a marathon? No. You know you're not. No. You're you. No. You're you're not in pain, but you're you know you're you're determined and you're. You're like, oh my, it's almost over, but I'm so happy, but I'm, you know, get For those emotional of you too. listening that have watched Sex and the City all the way through four, four times, five times, that is equivalent as to running five marathons. So well done. Nice job. Done. And, uh, and then getting, and then you get to the end of the marathon, which is Sex and the City too. And then you just like, you finish your marathon and then you just fall into a vat of, of <laughs> Sex and the City too, is that piece of tinfoil that they drape around you. That you have to walk around the city wearing <laughs> the, space, you the lo- space blanket. Yeah, thinking you look awesome, but everyone's like, oh my gosh, cool. <laughs> you ran the marathon, but you look like a douchebag. I'm always I'm always so amazed at how how people, so many people are like, Are you gonna do the movies? Um, and yeah, I mean, we're gonna do the movies before the end of the year. That's wild. Yeah, that's insane. You, do yeah. you think do you think we'll talk about this podcast after we finish the movies? Will we talk about it as long as some people continue to wear their marathon medals for the rest of the year? Yeah. Have you ever just seen someone wearing their medal? Have you ever seen someone wearing their marathon medal around days after it's over? (laughs) Well, not days. I've seen seen someone wear the Monday. People wear it. I've seen people wear it weeks after. Now wait, can I can I say this? I I ran the New York City Marathon this year because if you uh, if you did it digitally. You just mm-hmm. had to turn in the fact that you you did it. So technically, I ran the New York City Marathon this year, and it was the least satisfying thing I've ever done because there's <laughs> no, it's like it's a digital one. There was no one cheering. It was, it was. Yeah, you ran it with your. You ran more than that. How many did you run? Thirty five miles. I ran thirty five miles, but I want to say this. Um, one of the biggest disappointments of the of the of the COVID year is not having the New York City Marathon even to participate in oh, as yeah. a spectator. Could it you is. could you imagine if they did uh New York did they mention New York City Marathon ever in Sex and the City? I feel like someone was training for a race and uh, ma- um, Marathon Man. Um, Kristen like, Davis, Charlotte is is no, training. She, she's just she's just running, but I think Miranda 
hooks up with Mar- the run- marathon man. Miranda who, oh, because he's, the, for true a race. he's yeah, the, the true stink daddy. He's the true stink daddy. Yeah, he's stink daddy yeah. original. Yeah. But to answer your question, if someone gave me a medal for for doing this podcast, I would wear it all the time. Like, what's that for? It's like <laughs> watching a very entertaining, well written show with yeah, my friends a, and talking about it. <laughs> that's a different thing. I would applaud that. But here's and I, to be clear, I mean, we I could make we could ama- make I, medals. Anyone that runs a marathon, it's it's an amazing feat. I totally I totally agree. Um, yeah, it not, is. I'm, I'm, I'm not definitely going agree. against that at all. Corey, I need to give you a little homework. Okay. Okay. Run a marathon. Um, <laughs> run a marathon before you start run a marathon. Running your mouth. Okay. So shut run a marathon up and go before run a you talk to Kevin again. <laughs> no. I mean, that's true. I, no, I, um, I could not do it. You're gonna have to come up with uh, the new the new Welcome to the Bachelor Boys podcast where three guys watch it for the second time ever. Mostly, it shouldn't be that. It's got to be something with a new, but you got to feel comfortable Gosh, with it. I know. It, I'm I know. not. That's why it's homework. It's not something to do here. You just just in the shower. Come up with a few, a few new, you know, things to riff on and see how it goes. It's going to be people that are like, um, I live in New York and I saw one of the Bradshaw boys walking around <laughs> New York mumbling to himself. For the doing? first time ever, for the second time, second time, the second all the way time, through. Science, for, uh, for the, for the, uh, rewashing, for the, for the completely. Um, um, what do you guys think? Uh, do you think, um, what do you think happens to uh, the Russian? Because we know he, I mean, we kind of know that like. you talking about uh, Petrovsky? I was talking about Vladimir Putin. This is a political <laughs> podcast now. No. Putin pals. <laughs> where, we talk, <laughs> where we talk about Russia. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, no, I, I wonder, I was just wondering what, what happens to him. Because I know that she doesn't end up with him. And then I got to thinking, but I don't know what happens at the end of the show. So mm. it's not a spoiler mm. because it's like, I know she ends up with big. Right. But in a way it's like, oh, but then what happens to these other people? I also don't know what happens to, I think I know what happens to uh, Charlotte, but not really. Like, I don't know how it happens. Um, and so I, I was just wondering what you guys think. Do you think he stays in Paris? Do you think he goes back to Russia? Do you think he's heartbroken? Do you think she sees him with like another girl? I feel like she's going to have some sort of like emotional, I can't take it anymore kind of thing. And then I think he'll just be upset, but he's also like, that is what happens, you know. That was more French than Russian, but yeah, I think it's just going to be like that's what happens in relationships. Mm. Yeah, I think so too. I, yeah, I, I mean, I like. I think so. Do you think that some of this, some of the the episode in Paris, is going to be her lamenting her loss with the Russian, and then Big's going to swoop in, or are they going to kind of like just not really have her be single post Russian because it's going to be like. I'm depressed and then Biggs immediately there and then happily ever after. Well, I think that because this is, I mean, good writing, a good, there's a quote that's like a good screenplay is, um, is surprising yet inevitable. And, mm-hmm. and I feel like, uh, this is going to be like the dream come true and she's going to get there and everything in her life, I think is going to be as good as she would expect it yet. She's not happy, you know, Mm -hmm. like, and I think that Mm -hmm. would be kind of satisfying that it's like, um, and then, uh, I don't know what happens to the Russian. I I feel like it's going to be a handshake. Maybe now uh, big is going to show up in Paris. He's got, I 
I hope they just flex the fact that he uh, that he's a Barishnikov's a ballet dancer and he just completely <laughs> breaks character and just like like ballet dances Pir- pirouettes pir- off pirouettes off and does some like insane dancing and Carrie what just kind of scratches if, her head and then moves on. Uh, what if they like kind of have a like hard conversation? He looks down and then all of a sudden he looks up and like Swan Lake starts playing and then he just goes into full dance and then he just goes off down the Champs Elysees. But the whole thing takes like seven minutes. Yeah, that's just keeps that, going. And, <laughs> and that's he's just, just how, like that's how the series just ends. <laughs> she's like he's quiet and she's like, "How are you feeling?" And then he's just like. Except it's the Sex and the City music. Dude. Yeah. I mean, those of you watching the YouTube video, there's Katie's like doing work in the background laughing. Just sitting there in the background. Also, Katie, she leaned into the shot and no joke. I was like, I got, I got freaked out. John, there's a ghost. I was like, who's the fuck's in my room? <laughs> oh man. I, um, uh, it is, uh, uh, it's, it's cool getting to know the, all of these things. Cause it'll be interesting to like, um, you know how like at the beginning of your life, your, your memories are like more, uh, crisp or whatever. And then the longer life goes on, then like, I don't know. I you like mean like vi- vivid or yeah, vivid or like, you know, you think about the four years of high school, those memories are like way more intense than what happened like six years mm. ago. Mm-hmm. You may. Re- and so it's like, we spent so much time talking about Skipper that yeah. it's funny that it's like Barishnikov, uh, the Russian has been way more seminal part of the show. Mm-hmm. And way more important and more episodes, but there's something about like the memories of the first season guys that are like, yeah, I mean, and, and we did an interview with Ben Weber in a real estate office in <laughs> California. So, <laughs> and, and the people, <laughs> dude, Remember? we have to, this is, we have to do a two, like, we have to not care about how long it is. We can put it into two. We just have to go through and our final episode after it's done that it's like just for the fans, you know, that, that just like, and just go through all the memories of all the weird shit that has gone on <laughs> on this podcast. Like, because that's one of the craziest things. Just we talked about the- it. We talked about it last time of having like having legit important people just sit in Jeremy's room yeah. and watch an episode of sex of the city. <laughs> but <gasps> listen, by the, I don't know if you guys heard the news, but by the time um, Pfizer is starting to, uh, start pilot programs for mm-hmm. for vaccinations in four states. So by the time we finish the second movie, there could very well be uh, the beginning of the vaccination process, which would mean we're looking at like uh, live shows in March or March or Ooh. April. That's what I th- that's that's what I think. Which would you know, dude? Nothing nothing would make twenty twenty one better than to have some live Bradshaw Boys shows. A couple cocktails, a couple laughs. When we started this, it's like, man, this is going to be a crazy journey. And then it's like, <laughs> if you could just see like ahead, the, people are like, get ready. Because when you're watching season six, things are going to get nuts. And you're like in the show, they're like, no, in the fucking no. world, it's going to be fucking nuts. <laughs> <laughs> that, so that reminds me, so Kevin, uh, for those of you who don't know, Kevin and I spend New Year's together. We have for the last, what, 10, nine years. Yeah. And Kevin 
uh, I love it. Some other people roll their eyes and, and groan, but he always asks what the rose and thorn is of the year. Mm. And so I would love it if uh, we could think about what our rose and thorn is of the Bradshaw boys. Oh, we don't man. have to share it on this one, but maybe the last one we could all share uh, what our rose and thorn of specifically recording this podcast has been. Or if you have I, something now, I'd love to hear I, it. But I think I we should think do it, it now because, because I, you know, maybe we'll think more about stuff, but this is the beginning of the finale. You know what I mean? It's not the yeah. last, even though this is technically a two-parter, so it is the last episode just split yeah. into two parts. So, um, well, I, I have, I have one. Mm-hmm. My, uh, my rose, I think has been, um, becoming closer with you, John, mm-hmm. uh, because Corey and I were like, Corey and I, when we announced this podcast, we were on stage like at our comedy show that was like very fun. It was a very like cool New York comedy show that was like pretty like successful as far as free bar comedy shows go. Like it was a great, and me and Corey were like, our next steps together, we're going to be doing this. And people were just like, what? Uh, what? Like we thought people were going to be like, do the podcast. Oh, no one cared. And and but Corey and I had already like been on a creative journey together doing that, mm. and it was really fun to to do that. And then getting to know we we were already friends before this, but it's mm. like this has been it's been great getting to know you and Katie more. And then all three of our dynamic is like its own new friendship. Yeah. And I would say that the thorn has been, and this is something I've been thinking a lot about in life, has been like the the nervous buildup towards big moments of like talking to Sarah Jessica Parker or wanting something to go right or what and then realizing like it happens and then that was the experience mm. and you're like oh I got to enjoy that and I think going mm. along with that the Kirkman interview she was you know we're fans of her comedy that was like this perfect nexus of like no nerves pure party mm-hmm. pure magic. And mm-hmm. I, I was like, oh, the SJP interview, the Kristen Davis interview, a lot of those were like just nerves before, yeah. during, and mm-hmm. after. And then it's like a week later that you're like, we just achieved everything we wanted to with the podcast. Mm-hmm. How come it didn't feel as, as good? And so I guess yeah. the thorn was like just realizing like everything's going to be fine. Mm. That's great. John, Cordy, do you have Cordy, any, or do you want me to go? Yeah, I've been uh, so definitely my rose for sure was um, it's it's interesting because my rose and thorn are go together. Uh, I'm I'm going to be braiding a uh, a rose here, um, and it was uh, just living in New York during um, the pandemic and like figuring out specifically mm-hmm. with this podcast, like not doing it in person. Like I mm-hmm. think there is like an, a certain magnetism and electricity that uh, I really loved and look forward to forwarded, look forward to when we mm-hmm. were able to re- record in person and like get some drinks and just like really uh, hang out beforehand, record and then hang out a little bit afterwards. And it was just like a really, I think it, it was a little bit more electric, mm-hmm. at least than like the first couple digital recordings we did. But with that, um, the episode that we were able to put together for Meg uh, was mm. like one of the most special things that I've been a part of. And it didn't really even have to do anything with what I did or what we did, but the gracious support from 
all the people that were involved in the show mm-hmm. and knowing that, you know, we were able to help collect voicemails and messages and words of encouragement from these truly incredible, important, busy people who took time out of their lives to care for Meg, the frontline worker who was literally the bulwark staring down the ugliness of this disease. Mm-hmm. And she just knowing uh, that she smiled walking across that park was something mm-hmm. that was really moving and touching to me. And uh, being able to play a very small part in uh, bringing that to her and uh, kind of our love letter to New York City was really special. Mm. Uh, yeah. Um, that was really good, John. Um, I would say mine are one of the same. Tortilla Flats episode, Rose and Thorn, both of them. <laughs> <laughs> when we went live to Tortilla Flats, yeah, it was it was a rose because I love Tortilla Flats, but it was raining because of thorns. So that was yeah. A, um, no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> um, I think that was that one was really fun. Actually, that was really. I really, I really do feel like if you haven't listened to our Tortilla Flats episode, it's nothing like the rest of the podcast. No. But I would say it's underrated. That was hey, our um, boots on the. That was our boots on the ground. Was our initiative. boots on the ground. If you haven't listened to our Tortilla Flats episode, you're probably listening to this <laughs> podcast because it has the least <laughs> listens of any episode we did, and we put the most work into it. Okay, we put we put so much work into it, and I boots on the ground initiative legitimately enjoyed it. You know what it made me think of though was the Meg episode because the Meg episode I feel mm. like is the boots on the ground episode come to life. Yeah. Where we actually did some real producing with it. But no, I think um I don't know. I I I say this like um well, I'll do the thorn first. The thorn would be um would be kind of what Kevin said. Um the stress of things. <laughs> I specifically thought of trying to get trying to get Willie Garson to find six different pairs of headphones uh, while we're on Zoom. Just being like, um, I'm sorry, is there any way you could? Uh, sorry. But but it's not really the technical stress because like we've talked about this. I We all deal with that. And I feel like I deal with that like on a daily basis just in my day jobs. And I'm like used to production stress. But it's more, I think it's more the, the thorn it, for me would be the stress of production stuff but also just like life stress stuff. Like Mm -hmm. I think that because of pandemic and I think because of our personal lives, like we've all had pretty stressful stuff happen over the course of doing this, like nothing like earth shattering, but like we've Mm -hmm. all had pretty big life events. And I remember there were like certain times where we were recording the podcast and I would like catch myself, um, you know, being like, Oh, wait a second, like pay attention. We're doing this thing. Yeah. And I, and later I, you know, in hindsight, you're bummed because you're like, those are really good freaking times. And mm-hmm. like, I missed out on things because of stress about that or yeah. stress about this, you know, I don't think anyone could ever tell because our, you know, they listen to the podcast. Cause like, the banter's so good. And the the so rhythm's good. so They're good. Like, you guys would uh, never know. We're professionals. You're checked out. What? Um, but no, that would be, that would be the stress is like when you get past everything, you're like, why was I mad about that? Yeah. Mm-hmm. So stupid, you know? And like, I think the rose would be that I think about this with all like big creative project, things like this is that, over the course of it, getting to know both of you, but also Katie and Jeremy and all the people we've gotten to know and like just having all the experiences. I think it's been like this whole like overarching thing where John and I were talking about doing the podcast today and we're like, if we could have seen then like where we're at now, Mm. it's still a thing where it's like, okay, we could do the podcast Monday. All right, cool. See you guys at seven. Mm -hmm. But 
we've gotten to do so many things and meet so many people and have gotten so much closer to both of both of you through doing it. Like mm-hmm. I think we've got, yeah. we've gotten, even though Kevin and I did a lot of stuff before, I think we're like friends in a different way Yeah, and I'm so much closer to you and Katie, John and like, mm. you know, John, you and I, I feel like the night that we all had that crazy night out, you and I were hanging out specifically to like become even better friends yeah. then. And it's gone so much since then. So mm. it would That's, be just kind of like the big, the, the overarching, like, deepening of all that yeah this. The, and all the people that we've met these yeah. are those are all those are all very sweet um one of my i i love to read i think you guys all love to read to some capacity too but one of the one of my favorite things is is the bitter sweetness of reading a book that you love mm-hmm. and you get to the end and you have to turn that last page and uh unfortunately we we are at the end and i think it's time to turn that last page and start the last episode here Corey, what do Bef- you before we get into it and i'm saying this because what you just said reminds me of this and i said this on our very first episode and i'm saying it now because we are at the beginning of the end i really hope you go into a candy rant right now (laughs) rips are the best candy listen you get home you know it's gonna mess up your tongue but you gotta get some rips no we said on the first episode i had a good friend in college who i'm still in touch with who he got in touch with me when i was um about to start watching the wire tv show and he mm-hmm. was like i wish that i could grab you by the collar mm. like a freshman about to go to college and just say you don't realize what you're about to embark on because you'll never get to do it again for the first time mm. and and that was about the wire but like this is the thing we're like we're about to go into a thing where we're about to see the whole show forever yeah and, and uh we can't go back and we're about this to all it. we're all grabbing each other by uh, digitally by the collar right now by the ones and by the zeros. We're grabbing you by the collar, listener. You might not be there with us. You may have seen it 11 times, but ready? We are about to go watch the end, the series finale of Sex in the City Part 1 for the first time ever right now. And it'll be the last time it'll ever be the first time. An, Amer- an American <laughs> Girl in Paris, Part 1. This is Jess Betancourt, the host of DNA ID, the only true crime podcast that exclusively covers cases solved using forensic genealogy. DNA ID goes behind the headlines to answer your questions about this remarkable new crime-solving tool, how it works, how cases are selected, why the cases were unsolved for so long, and how the justice system is addressing it. I include input from law enforcement to give you the inside scoop that we all crave with a straightforward, no-nonsense delivery. You can find DNA ID on any podcast platform. Episodes come out weekly on Mondays. Episode 93, An American Girl in Paris, Part 2. Before joining Alexander in Paris, Carrie has one last dinner in New York with Samantha, Charlotte, and Miranda. However, life in the City of Light doesn't live up to her expectations. After being told off by Carrie before dinner, Big goes to the girls for advice, and they tell him to go to Paris and go get their girl. And now, back to the boys. If a show, if a show, un de toi, if a show, un de toi, mon chaussée, mon chaussée, when I come to die for tower, is a mon chaussée. If a show, is it, wait, are you singing the French rap song? What are you doing? <laughs> yes, I'm doing the oh. I'm doing the hook for the French oh, rap yeah, song. The, and you were doing the rap. You're the, the rapper. rapper. For a second, yeah. I was like, are we doing two separate bits? I no, got, we got to get on. It. 
You did it 100% yeah. right. You, I will say you did Corin... a solid yes and right there. Wait, yeah, that was a solid yes and right there. That was a yes and and then a, a yes and. Wait, hold on. I've never done improv. Oh. <laughs> that's that's the best thing. I did that in an improv class one time where I did a joke like that. And then I was like, did I do the right thing? And someone was like, doesn't count now. Doesn't count. <laughs> Got <laughs> to know what you're doing. Uh, yes. W- wait. Um, wait. Correct. I will say, uh, Corey and I have been to Paris together and we did like look up oh. famous, fr- like we looked up some rapper who was like the notorious B.I.G. of France. And we like <laughs> listened to his music over there. And I was like, yeah, that's kind of a tough transition when you're used to listening to the notorious B.I.G. of America. <laughs> <laughs> we live in Brooklyn. We listen to notorious B.I.G. We're like, yes, I know that street. And in Paris, mm-hmm. we're like, Ah, not so, not so much. Yeah, giving croissants at Wawa and being like, oh, cool. All right. Not, yeah, not exactly. croissant. Oh, yeah. Wait till you guys have, have these these baguettes at Panera. I mean, that's it's like it's a bread emporium. You can get what you you can get a bagel, you can get a baguette, you can you you can do <laughs> they give you an apple with your sandwich. <laughs> Uh, excuse me, oh, uh, are you uh, talking about? Uh, <laughs> hey, sorry, man. Uh, my bad. I meditated to go to Oban Pen. Oban Pen, that's the place. That's the Dude, one. It's got a French s- name, too. Let me just say this straight up. Paris has the absolute, no question, no holds barred, fucking hottest 45 to 65-year-old women anywhere in the world. <laughs> I walk past so many, like... 58-year-old women that were just the most attractive, stylish. <laughs> I, I was just like, I wanted to marry. I just wanted to just marry every woman I saw. Now, everyone's <laughs> lots of people that are, are attractive. But I just thought their older of- women were just like <clears throat> so elegant and so sexy and fashionable. Mm. Yeah. Sorry, I'm reliving actual uh, life, uh, not that episode. I would- no, I would agree with that. And I would also agree that there's a lot of old French men that just look like old French men. They just, yeah. they've, they're, they don't, but I'm, listen, that's not my thing. Like some people might be like, and that is super sexy, mm. but I would agree with what you're saying, Kevin. I mean, I think men, there's a whole thing about the, <laughs> you have to agree with that. No, like there's, yeah, there's a whole thing where it's like the, the French, they freaking, they freaking the Parisians, they get that. They know how to look stylish, sexy. All right, let's well, talk about the episode do, here. Let's do this. <laughs> we have plenty. Well, we have plenty to talk about. Let's mm-hmm. get into it because I I feel like there is lots of uh, there's, there's New tons York to talk and about. Paris and Carrie Brad. Yeah, and Carrie there's, Bradshaw, uh, where she fits in that. So we can yeah. we can we got to cover that shit. Yeah. There, All right. Give this us one the, was interesting because there wasn't really this this had to be the only episode where there wasn't a I couldn't help but wonder through line where she's writing. Wow. And it's because her laptop's on the bed. She can't use it. It's back in New York. Wow. Yep. Um, she she lost two parts of her, her carry necklace and her laptop. So is she mm-hmm. really carry? I don't know. Um, but this also didn't have a storyline for every uh, person. Uh, you know, yeah. Charlotte's storyline is that they're going to be trying to adopt a baby, and it's it's been it's been proven tougher than she originally thought. Miranda uh, really didn't have a storyline other than she doesn't really want Carrie to go. But Samantha had a storyline in that she was giving a, a motivational speech at a breast cancer benefit, and she had hot flashes in the middle of it, and uh, brings on the house when she just gets real, stops stops pretending, and just gets real. Yeah, and then uh, the the main storyline, the main series line is that Carrie is in uh, Paris with Petrovsky, 
And she told Big never to ever call her again and um, never forget forget that she exists, forget it, forget her number. So um, yeah, she's in Paris. Petrovsky's yeah. busier than thought and she's a little bit lonely and uh, also fell in the Dior store. So where do you want to start? Let's let's start with uh let's start with Samantha. Great. Okay. All right, fine. Let's start with Samantha. Um I'll go first cuz since my mom's a breast cancer survivor. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> I will say this. I think we've talked about it on the podcast, but my mom, my parents' uh, uh, air conditioning bills went from like $100 a month to like $700 a month from my mom's mm. uh breast cancer medication and my dad would just like talk about the air conditioning bill all the time he's like how much is this gonna be it's like he would just always complain he's like it's so that, cold in a, here walk around with his coat that's, that's such a, a hard great, line that's such a that's great a, dad thing though to like yeah, take out his frustration and sadness about breast cancer on something tangible like an air conditioning bill yes exactly <laughs> it was like if you were like, yeah, like the emotional part was like too hard to deal with. So he was just like, here's a number I'm mad at. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, th- I thought it was, I thought this was like very predictable and very good. Like it, it's cool. Like, because this is, it was predictable that she'd be like, oh, fuck this. Like I'm going to be myself. Like, you know, that's going to happen. But ev- all the women standing up, and taking their wigs off like that definitely i was like oh, okay of course samantha like is gonna get the like special moment she's herself and then when the first woman stood up and took her wig off i was just like oh man like it definitely got me Dude, what do you, how how much do you think then in the writer's room that someone was just like samantha breast cancer but Dead Poet Society. <laughs> <laughs> it was Dead Poet Society. It's totally 100%. Dead Poet Society. I was like, say, oh, there Captain, was a, my a, Captain. And then she took off her wig. Great scene where the woman leans over and it's like, I asked for inspiration, not perspiration. And then her friend took a bite out of the pink ribbon cookie. Yes, Did you guys I notice saw that? that. I know. Out of the pink I was ribbon like, good cookie, stuff. Yes. That was great. I know. The, and the then old- they just glob on at the end and act like they were inspired. Dude, that's yeah, what you need. Up. Anytime you go to a benefit, they you got you you can't try yeah. too hard. You gotta just be real. You gotta no. entertain people. And then you gotta you gotta I, we, we've hosted events like this. And people yeah, come people up to there, us. People are there listening to way too many pre-written speeches with facts and figures and like you know what? They're all for great causes, but there's a lot of people up there drumming up a lot of pre-written heartfelt emotion and you just gotta you nothing, gotta go up there and be the, be the real person nothing nothing you know brings greater cheer to a benefit dealing with trafficked women than co- talking about jerking off in howard schultz's coffee it's just a, it's yeah, a right. simple formula <laughs> Dude, that's right we have we that's literally what, that's how, the the uh the one of the joys of of my comedic life is like standing on the side stage when Corey and I do our benefit for human trafficking, and then like John Early goes on stage and literally, or some comedian is talking about like just being on Grinder or something, and all these people that it's just like, but uh, but it's like it it is. <laughs> it is funny going to those, like that's kind of what a lot of rich people's lives are just going to benefits, paying $500 to go to a thing. And then everyone's just like, and there's so many, so much sadness in the world just because you go to those things. Literally you need people like Samantha Jones that are going to be like, yeah, that's, it sucks to have cancer. Also, Mm -hmm. here's what I'm actually feeling. Yeah. Here's like what the, 
what the reality is because it's like not saying that doesn't make it any any less true. Like I don't know, she's right. a person that always uses humor, always uses like cutting through the bullshit to get closer to like what is really going on. And yeah. I think like that was a cool and it was cool that Smith was there with his shaved head too, which I thought like mm-hmm. her hair was similar to Smith's. Yeah. I thought yeah. there was like a tie together there because some people had completely buzzed heads. Yeah. But it was like she was like finally with her mate and yeah. he supported her in being herself. Well, I feel like it was we talked about this last time, but like we were getting we've just been getting some good Smith vibes and just being like yeah. Smith is just like hanging now. And yeah. him, I it was so just funny. Fucking on when camera just, and just hanging. <laughs> Just hate. But when he was just like, eh, could be better. And then like, I was just like, dude, he, but he was so right. But, and, and I, I think they use the AA tie in in like a smart way totally. where he was, where he's just yeah. like, Hey, listen, the like best people are just the most real people. And in doing that, he brought out the best of Samantha because that's the best part about her. And it's like, when she's like, I know PR, like that's not what's great about her. What's great about her is herself. Also, in the scene where she's rehearsing her speech in front of him, mm-hmm. dude, how, in Kevin's words, stacked is Kim Cattrall? Did you see how in shape she she's was? Yeah. Very good shape. I, I did this video for a friend uh, like a couple weeks ago. We shot this music video and I was looking at a cut of it today and I was like, Kim Cattrall is, I believe, older than I am in that show and she looks 15 times better than I do on camera. I was like, I was just like, how hard is it to be on camera for 15 is a generous number too, Corey. No, <laughs> and that's, I think you're absolutely right. I think, I think it's, I'm it's, kidding. it's 30 and it's no, it's, but, but it's like, how hard is it to be on that show for that many years and be in incredible shape and like also not be like a 25 year old person. Yeah. She was, she was in like amazing shape. Yeah. Yeah, that's a, a that's a dangerous game to play though if you're just going literally like move like just comparing yourself to like one of the greatest TV stars and nude icons of our age and just be like I'm I'm oh. this age and she's that age. You, it's like Listen, you guys know that in our coffee talk episode I wake up, I grind my beans, I make a pour over, and I look through magazines of beautiful models and compare myself. Yeah. That's my morning routine. I do that every day and then I shame myself. And I encourage that. Um, so after after seeing um, Samantha give her um, her five minutes of comedy up on the stage, my co- you guys hold a you guys hosted a legendary comedy show. Would you would you guys give her give her five at, uh, at the comedy show? Yeah, yeah. We I would I would let her give the uh, I'd let her give the 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 speech. She did. Yeah. This is the thing. Yeah. I when you're set up to make people laugh, it's it's one thing. To if she came out and said it's time for stand up, it'd be tough. Yeah, but the, but it, that's why it's great to be like a lead singer of a band, and just in between songs, be like, "Where are we again, Minneapolis?" And people yeah, like, exactly. <laughs> it's like, "Oh, cool, good joke, you fucking idiot." Hey man, after this, you guys want to really go to the Mall of America? <laughs> oh, he knows that we have one. This place is pretty crazy. I was at a coffee shop. Where, do you guys know uh, Smoky Joe's? And people are like, "We." <laughs> <laughs> Mary Tyler, give me some more weed. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Right? Is she from Mary? No, is that one who who's from Minneapolis? Mary Tyler Moore. Anyway. Oh, I don't know. Uh, I like Mary oh, Tyler Moore though. 
Does she, throw, um, throws her, she throws her hat up in the air, right? She does, yeah, yeah, yeah. and yeah. she was hot. It takes place in Minneapolis. She was older. It after all, um, she was yeah, a, no, a hoarder. She, she was, was a hot. She was a hot she's, older she's woman. A, she was a hot older woman. I thought you said she was a hoarder. I was like, <laughs> she's she, a hoarder. She kept yeah. newspapers for like yeah, more, for years. Hey, more, more like Mary Tyler more stuff in my apartment, right? <laughs> 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 okay, this next one's cool. Um, no, We're I, gonna I think, keep it after all, all in my room. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, no, she would get to answer your question, John. Kevin's right. She would be the person that goes out to make the speech, and afterward, people are like. Have you thought of doing comedy? Because mm. your speech was so funny. Yeah. As opposed to someone who goes up and has like a five minute set. And, on then, something. and yeah. then she'd be like, no, I haven't thought of doing it because it's a fucking dumb career. I'm <laughs> it's in a PR. horrible career. I make <laughs> half a million dollars. Like, Cause I'm not a pathetic loser. Okay. Cause I want to have nice shit. I don't want to live <laughs> in a shitty apartment and have my bike get stolen. Because I don't want my boyfriend <laughs> to look at me and dump me and be like, "Oh, why are you being a comedian, you fucking loser? <laughs> Smithers is like, oh, disgusting. Get out of here. Ugh. It happens right. in the first movie. She, she goes and starts starts a comedy career and Smith just bails on just her right her. away. Smith yeah. bails on her at, her at her first open mic. Just Smith like, goes and hooks up with Richard at a hotel party. <laughs> oh man uh okay so um well i wrote i took some notes uh carrie's in paris um and and very first thing she sees when she's in paris first of all we're gonna point out the fashion she's wearing the uh this this striped dress with the huge she got got, flower yep what's what's the dress called um I'll, i'll look it up it's uh it it it's it is like the iconic french sailor shirt which you have a nice yeah. one of those kevin yeah um, uh, what are you talking about <laughs> you took it kevin took out his headphones i was like is he just leaving the how podcast many, how many people predicted there that, it is how many people predicted when they knew that there was going to be uh the last episode of carrie in, in paris that the majority of it would be just horrible uh parisian accents french accents and i was being idiots yeah yeah Dude, I love, I just love French people and I love how easy they are to make fun of and also how ultimately it's because like you never pay, you never spend that much time making fun of people unless you like really are like, ah, fuck, you're cool. Like, it's just so like on one hand, you're just like, oh, French people are like, oh, look at me with the special blah, blah, blah. And then you're just like, wow, you guys really... If you if you didn't want to be that, you would just ignore it completely as a country. But uh, yeah. you know, but yeah, I mean, I that's, um, yeah, I I I love all the dumb accents. Corey's the only one that here that speaks French. Kind of Corey, go for it. Steve uh, talking in French. <laughs> yes, yes. Let's oh my right god, Steve talking oh, French. That is so hard. You have to, the the theme song has to be played on an accordion, like. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, bon, bonjour, uh, Mademoiselle Miranda. Ah, uh, oui. Je m'appelle Steve. Uh, je, uh, je jouais à basketball. Ah, uh, <laughs> oui. Uh, je mange, uh, whatever I want. Okay, I'm hungry. <laughs> Et où est Brady? Brady est un petit, un petit enfant. Ah, uh, mes petits enfants, Brady. Uh, uh, les chevaux rouges on Brady. I just said his hair is red. Um, <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> That's pretty good. 
Hey, can we go to the Eiffel Tower now? Uh, <laughs> I've, I've lost my real Steve voice from doing the French voice. That's I so know. funny. <clears throat> uh, so the, when she gets in Paris, the first thing she sees is Petrovsky with her arm around another woman. Dun, dun, dun. How many of you thought that from right there that Petrovsky was two-timing her? I, I actually did. You did? Oh, yeah. I, we, I walked right into that trap because uh, we didn't know yeah. if his kid was a girl or a guy. Right. I, yeah, that, uh, I thought he's a daughter. He showed her a he showed Carrie a picture. He, oh, I didn't remember. Um, I did think it was funny for those of you that follow us on Instagram. Um, Kevin um, answered the question of what we're going to do next uh, after this uh, series is over, and he said we're going to do ritual seppuku, uh, which is you know <laughs> Japanese honor suicide. And the very first thing Chloe shared is that she wanted to commit suicide because she was so bored. So you yeah. and Chloe, <laughs> Petrovsky's daughter, have. Uh, you both are tend to be a little bit dramatic, Kevin. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Me, me, uh, me, John and Corey. The second we're done with the second movie on the Patreon, we're gonna have on uh, Petrovsky's daughter, the, who played that that actress uh, on the Patreon. She's <laughs> gonna bring out a gonna ceremonial just, blade with, in a kimono. Yeah, but here's the thing. I'm if gonna drink 20, Drano. <laughs> Oh no! You got you got it. No, you got <laughs> drinking Drano. The worst way to die on a especially podcast. especially because it'd be like oh I do. yeah. It's, it's I hurt. was going to say if you're a twenty five dollar Patreon subscriber, you get to watch a live video of it. We, inv <laughs> we invite you to a Zoom. Oh man! Oh, it's so terrible. People are like, we made it to the end of the podcast, and this is what we get. This is awful. Come on, man, awful. Um. Yeah, they were just I talking mean, about their rose and thorn. Best thing that happened. And now they're <laughs> the doing best a ritual part, honor suicide. The best part, I would say, was watching the show. The worst part was when we killed ourselves at the end. Because was watching Kevin's uh, Kevin's intestines spill out of his stomach <laughs> on the Zoom, <laughs> and then it froze. It was very awkward. It was a very <laughs> sad way to die. Okay, no, they're the French are very dramatic people, so I think it, they're playing into the tropes. I think a little bit, um, mm -hmm. but in a way that rings true and also true to what it is like to go over there. Like when I went over there with Corey, once he was gone, like some, there was one night that it's like, I had the night to myself. And then you, there is like a thing that you're like, okay, you can go to a museum. And at the end of the day, you're like, you want to be, you want to be with your friends. You want to be with your people. You want your yeah. life to share right. those things with. Um, or, or else, and people feel that when they, I'm sure when they do solo trips to New York, like any, anywhere that would be true. Yes. Um, yes. But it's, <clears throat> but especially in a place that is so revered and like yeah. the city of love and walking around and all the movies and all the things like Carrie Bradshaw is the perfect uh, victim for this mentality to go in and like write an entire story and then realize like life is different than life isn't yeah. a movie. Totally. Well, and we, it, it, sorry, go ahead. Oh, oh no, I was just going to say, well, two things. One, when she walks out onto her balcony and sees the Eiffel Tower, mm -hmm. there was a thing in me that had thought about the trip that you and I were there on where I, when that happened, I was like, cause we actually kind of stayed close to that area. Mm -hmm. And when that happened, I was like, it really is like that. Like yeah. there is a thing where Paris is this city. New York is too, but Paris is the city where you're just like, Good Lord. It, mm. I mean, it's like beautiful and old and like looks amazing, but it also made me think about, I went on a writing retreat a couple of years ago by myself and was like, was like, all right, I'm going to go finish this script. And do you remember this? Like, yeah. 
half like, you, you like called three me hours like in, three three times three hours into the first day i was like at a bar by myself having a drink i was like what's up man you were like hey and i was like i just i don't know man it's like pretty lonely up here and you're like well, why'd you drive to hudson new york by yourself to go finish a thing like you you put yourself in this position so like come on like, I, I i defend myself i don't think i was like you deserve no, 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 it, no, no, you no. fucking loser you didn't you okay. i i was i was I actually know. about to def- yeah you were actually very nice and supportive but like when she said that i was like the the map is different than the trip dude how fucking there. sick would it have been if i just pulled up to the bar you in in a limo and just like i was your mr big and i just roll the window down and you're just like kevin i'm like hey babe Let's get, get a in, drink. Get in. And Kevin's like, hey, I spent all my money outside. on this limo, though. So can, can you pick up the bill? I'm broke. I thought yeah. <laughs> I spent too yeah, much money on this limo. Don't forget to Raul, tip Raul. Yeah. yeah, don't forget to tip Raul. And like John said, make him just wait. But like, the I'm, my, my question about Carrie is that had to be poor planning on her. I mean, like, I get that she was enchanted by Paris, but mm-hmm. it, that's hard because she is joining someone's life that is not vacation. Petrovsky is there to live his life to work yeah. and in a specific, in a particularly busy and tumultuous time and that he's opening up a new show granted i think he should have invited her to the dinner like like if, if he's yeah. like the guest of honor and he's like my girlfriend's in town i'm pretty sure that's an easy ask uh mm-hmm. and and not just leave her alone in her hotel room by herself but mm-hmm. she also had to do some math where it's like I am leaving my country, my friends, my work to come mm-hmm. live with this person. I'm going to be on this pseudo vacation, but he is going to be living his active life. And yeah. uh, that's going to be lonely for me. Well, from a perspective, it's written really well because right now there are at least two. Let's see if there's any more, but there are at least two times where it is all just based on her perspective because he went to the meeting, but then he it's revealed. She's like, why did I get left? But it's because her phone was on do not disturb. So she's processing it this one way. And he's like, I called you to meet up with the thing. So, so it, it, maybe he was going to invite her to the music, like the first parts of meeting. And then it turned into a big party or whatever. Yeah. But those are two things where it's, it's her being like, Oh, this is how it's going to be. Oh no. Uh, and he's like, Hey, this is my daughter. I'm excited to share this time with you. I wanted you to come to my museum thing. Mm -hmm. So it's almost like her, her not obliviousness, but like she's processing things in a way that are just maybe her expectations are a little too high and not realistic. And then you're Mm -hmm. also like, there've been times where I've been like, man, how come like I'm not working enough. And then I'm like moping around and then I find out like I'm literally currently like uh, not responding to an email where I'm like, oh shit, I forgot. Someone offered me a job and I, you know, so I I feel like she's in that right now. She's just in her head partially because she's not being present because she doesn't want to be there. And she knows that it's not the right thing, even though she can't admit it to herself. That's what I was going to ask if it's, if it's revealing a thing going on inside her that's like, Oh, this is bringing up those subconsciously bringing up the doubts that I had mm-hmm. and just being like, Oh shoot. Oh, does that mean this isn't right? It's like, she's, she's trying to confirm things with like, well, she, and, and she said, and she said, she asked Miranda not to hold it against her, but she's also starting to replay memories of big in her mind. Yeah. And, and yeah. she said that she does that, uh, when she's in relationships and she's getting lonely and frustrated and she's got, she's got big pulling on her heartstrings. She's got big brain. 
big brain. Big brain. Hey, let me ask you, John, from a carry moment or for or a carry question. Do you think that was a good move to just say to Miranda, like, hey, listen, I'm going to be fully honest. Can I just tell you something? And then you can hold against me later. Do you think that was good for her to just get that out as like a venting thing? Well, I, think I know she, that it was. A I think story she she us. asked she she asked Miranda not to hold it against her later. She's like, I'm going to tell you mm-hmm. something that I'm struggling with this in in this emotional space right now, mm-hmm. and I know you, Miranda, don't approve of Petrovsky. So later, when things are good of Petrovsky, you can't bring this up again and be like, No, you called me like two weeks in and said that you missed big, like. Like, I need you to just listen to this now and then almost forget about it when Mm. and if things get better. And so she's, um, so sorry, what was your question? No, I mean, you might've just answered it. My question was, was that a good move for Carrie? Cause I know that like we've, you know, you have to call friends to vent to them sometimes, but maybe. Totally. I think, I think it was selfish vent. No, I think it was, well, I, I I thought I was a little like, I thought it was a little funny. I mean, I mean that she like called Miranda while Miranda was like getting busy in the morning with like a, a crying baby and Carrie's like, mm-hmm. I want to talk about my necklace, but uh, I think that's important. And it's um, metaphorical symbolism about her losing parts of herself. But I think it was necessary for her to call Miranda and like get, put it out there and at least say what she's thinking to someone that she can trust and someone that's not going to judge her. So like, you know, if you needed to do that to someone, I would definitely encourage that. Be like, call. Yeah share what you're thinking, say like, I know I might change later, but I have to get this off my chest. This is yeah. what I'm thinking right now. Yeah. Um, I, I was going to say real quick, cause I know we have, so, there's so many things to cover, but I think it would be interesting to talk about uh, Mr. Big and where he is and his, the, the thing of him meeting up with the girls and the Charlotte oh, answering the, the phone call. The big so, and chew, the big league chew, the big league chew is big chew. so great. Put a big blob of that in your mouth. Hey, you're a kid. I know it's gonna lose it. I know it's gonna lose its flavor, kid. But I keep going back. Mm-hmm. Yeah, got to keep chewing it. Uh, no, I, I was a huge fan of the big league chew. Um, I, I I like that that uh, he called, put himself out there. That kid, that Charlotte answered the call, and then that they all met up and sat down. And he was like, "Listen, I know I've been I've been the villain. I know I haven't been worthy of." being with this person and I've dropped the ball throughout the years, but I do love her. And I think like he, he won them all over. He played, he, he listened to some spice girls and he knew what he had to do to get carried. Listen, almost any person is friends in those things. It'd be one thing if like, if he was currently still like married or something mm-hmm. like that, but it's like, there was an, there was an earnestness to like when he came and talked to her, that or when she was like hey get out of here because that was the same move he always did and this definitely like we've been on this journey with him Mm. this whole time and you can you can totally tell that it's like this is different than just like if he even sat down and waffled one moment that's where your friends step in and you're like you know what fuck you on behalf of our friend Mm -hmm. um if he was just like and i don't know what i want to do but like can i just have a chance to chat with her you know and instead um he gets to uh he he just is earnest you know yeah mm-hmm. um mm-hmm. and i think i think it's it's the right thing for them to do it i do think it'd be funny if charlotte answered the phone and was just like it's charlotte and he's like oh okay whatever and then shows up and then her and charlotte <laughs> and mr big uh charlotte and mr big just like have an affair and it just like goes off the rails <laughs> the last episode we're like what the fuck and then that's Why'd how you charlotte do that to fi- harry 
And that's how Charlotte finally gets pregnant. <laughs> and everyone's like, we told you the series finale is wild, right? We're that's like, it's insane. Oh, yeah. man. The um, baby comes out wearing an oversized suit and a cigar. It's like, hey, kid, I'm your mother. Hey, kid. Okay, uh, get in the limo, kid. Hey, is there whiskey in that boob? And then he just starts breastfeeding. <laughs> Right, we'll turn around. <laughs> <laughs> oh man! Oh my, oh my gosh, that's Dude, so good. I, well, that made me think. <laughs> that made me think. <laughs> that's that is the confluence of that's what if if you could go anywhere and like go to space, that's what needs to happen. Is that somehow at the end, Charlotte has Mister Big's baby, and then Baby Big comes out, and then they drive around in the in the limo. He drinks from her boobs. She's a famous art dealer, and you don't ever see anyone from this series ever again. Just the just the three of them. Created That's by the Darren Star. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> what do we I wanna I want us to recount this? Like if we ever have Noth on the pod and just explain all that and just have him be like, What? What? <laughs> so, oh, yeah. so like we're like, never oh, mind. It was an inside joke about you <laughs> fuck Charlotte. He's like what up? That's can you guys just talk about my tequila for fuck's sake? So here's the thing, guys. It's a very smooth tequila. <laughs> um, there's really not much to say about Charlotte because in the next episode they're going to do that. But it is cool that she Wait, seems do what in the next episode they're going to do that. Do adopt. what? Adopt. Okay, I thought you might. Like, sorry, sorry, sorry. She's going to have Big's child. I was like, are you? Is this happening? Fingers crossed. Yeah, um, fingers crossed. But no, it it is cool to see her be. Um, well, this is the, the she didn't have much. It's going to cover in the next episode. But I will say one of the most impactful parts of the show, this episode, was with four of them doing the the chat and chew. The big chat and chew was amazing. The, the this is the first chat and chew that we've ever had that was actually truly sad, not mm-hmm. snarky like oh shut up and then you leave. Like mm-hmm. it was literally like us, the viewer, getting to mourn this friendship oh. and be like, oh, this dynamic's over. Like they're not yeah. going to get to do this ever again. And yeah. um, and I thought that was pretty watching Chris. I thought Kristen Davis led the led the way of getting to emote. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And then her getting to see those four French ladies having a chat and chew and her like missing that yeah. I thought was like a great pairing to that kind of thing the uh the chat and monche what is the last thing what is the last thing miranda says go go get our girl go get our girl yeah i I love that and i love i love i love circling back to the big chat and chew how he's like you know i'm i'm lucky just to play fourth man like like you you three are the most important i'm lucky to be the fourth man and like man if that ain't a way to get uh, a woman back or to to get their friends on your side I don't know what is. It's a little bit different than how Petrovsky responded to the ladies. Yeah. And I also think, I mean, I think Harry's been like pretty, pretty uh, solid with the gals from the beginning. But if you're a guy that goes in there and you're able to be like, before we get started, I know that you're, I'm not your favorite. And I know I've screwed up a ton. Like for him to just own everything. I I feel like he did the best that he could have done. He did the best. It's, it's funny because you, we have so many ups and downs with the characters and we like made fun of him a decent amount. And also, but it's like, this is the best you're going to get from Mr. Big. You know, this is the, mm-hmm. this is the, the gold <clears throat> standard, um, that, you know, deep down, like 
that is part of why they're meant to be together. As much as mm-hmm. I, I like Aiden, I thought he was great too. And, you know, I don't know who my favorite for Carrie would be, but this is deep down like what is nice about Mr. Big that he really does have this connection with her. And mm-hmm. I don't know, a lot of people in his position, if this wasn't a television show, get married again. Don't take that shot. You got to take the shot. You this is it. The shot. If, we, if there are single people out there listening to this pod, you got to take your shot. Because guess right. what? You could be, be really embarrassed. Right now, he's in a position that he knows the friends are there, but he just already shot his shot. And he's now he t- has to- he's mm-hmm. taken off his wig. And he is just being vulnerable in front of in front of her friends. That's right. And you know, right. are they going to stand up and cheer for him, or, he know, or are they just going to eat their breast cancer cookies and make sweat jokes? He doesn't know. Yeah, yeah, he doesn't know. But he went and for you, it. You know who he else doesn't it. know? We we don't know. We're we not sure know. what's going to happen. Um, yeah, you, y'all. This this was a, a, a riveting conversation. I think we could have talked about this episode all night. A long time. I, I think in 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 honor of Carrie not writing the headline for a column that likewise we should hold off on our Cosmo rating. I was going to say that until we see the entire finale. This is just part one. We still have part, what? What's two? Do? Do. Part do. Do. So why don't, why don't, we, we can, we can choose our favorite part of the episode instead. Okay. Okay. Let's do that. Um, <laughs> three, two, one, let's just start talking at the same time. <laughs> <laughs> um, I have mine. You, yeah, go, you go you, first. You start. Because I know this is ultimately going to end in, in more. I love, I love New York. I think I'm in the same position as Carrie Bradshaw that it's like, anytime I've been frustrated in my life, I've been like, I need to go to London. I need to move to, and like, I need to go to like, I wouldn't need to leave. And recently, just the past year or so, even within the pandemic, I've been like, oh, sometimes you get in your rhythm so much in New York that you actually need to shake yourself out of your routine in this amazing place rather than Mm -hmm. like escape to somewhere else. Mm -hmm. And so I think her going to Paris for the first time was my favorite part because I can see myself in her. And then also on the other side, Ultimately, it's like Paris is the fucking shit. Like Paris is the truly is the greatest city in the world. I think, um, especially when it comes to a lot of the parts that make a city a city. It has like the architecture. It has all these things, and it's just like I don't know, man. Like Carrie Bradshaw in Paris. Like what a way to end it. What a what a mm-hmm. like what a way for them to swing for the fences and not just be like. Let's make sure we keep it in New York at the corner diner, blah, blah, blah. They're yeah. just like, this is yeah. in a way, it's like sex in the city porn. You know, it's just like fucking Carrie Bradshaw and Dior on a bed in Paris. Like, <laughs> yes. <laughs> <laughs> um, I agree with that. I'll go. Um, I My favorite things, <clears throat> I think, were the themes and this like weird theme going through where she brought her carry necklace, lost her carry necklace. And then at the end, he gives her this other amazing diamond necklace. And then like, there's all these themes Mm. that were, were slowly pointing at the things that weren't actually her and the things Mm. that were actually her. And it was like the necklace thing, 
Charlotte goes in and like her computer's still on the bed and mm-hmm. it's like, we never got an, I couldn't help but wonder. And it's a different thing, but like, that's not really her. And then you get the thing that is her that I think we're going to find out where you see a real chat and chew. Cause the last chat and chew was kind of like her being like, okay, come on everyone. Like let's mm-hmm. kind of her forcing it. Then you go and see this real chat and chew and it's them and big is there. And it's mm. like, he is maybe her actual home. So like, there's a lot of interesting Ooh. thematic stuff that was going on that I thought was really, really cool. Corey and, blowing um, my fucking mind right now. You watched the same episode? That was deep. <laughs> Yo, dog. I watched that episode in my brain. I was going to be like, <laughs> I, I thought uh, the perspiration on Samantha looked really realistic, and uh, I sweat a lot too and can relate to her. <laughs> uh, but I just think like the, the thematics in that, it's, yeah. it, was, it was very well done, and I was, I was hoping, and I, I think we really got that. No, yeah. I, uh, my, my favorite part was um, like the side eyes that all three of her friends gave Big when he first came in. And then just Miranda, go back and get our girl. Like her, um, her and Big becoming an ally. Like, like the, mm. the friends and Big becoming an ally, uniting under the common cause of bringing Carrie home was like, okay, these people are no longer fighting against each other. They're working yeah. towards the common good. And I like that. There's actually there's actually a lot of parallels to this movie in this episode in Avengers Endgame. Like not a joke. There's really? a, Oh yeah, have you seen Endgame? I, I haven't seen Endgame. Is that, is just that like, something that you're that you're like that you read an article on or are you just no, coming up I, with a It's I think I think it is If you look at I the necklace, the, the the shapes <laughs> of the stones are much like the Infinity Gauntlet. And and well, Petrovsky <laughs> It, it, Petrovsky has all of the power right now. He's ready to. No, he. There's. I think it is in finales in general. They're able to do this, but when they do it well, you are not just telling your story. You're also keeping in mind the story of the people that have gone on the story with you. Yeah. And so mm-hmm. it. There's a lot of nods to what has gone on in the past, and there's also like sort of a moment that. Like literally her saying, go get our girl was literally like all of them putting their hands in together and being mm-hmm. like, we will defeat the beast, which is Alexander Petrovsky. Yeah. And he's even Russian. He's and kind of like evil axe. in a way. Even though- <laughs> yeah, yes. that's true. He is like an evil villain. Yeah, completely. Just be like petting a cat being like, why, Carrie? I'll provide you with everything you could ever need. You could live forever. <laughs> Oh my gosh. With Thank all you my so money, much for listening, right? everyone. With all of my art. And look, <laughs> yes. Yes. I can provide you with the world, Carrie Bradshaw. All you must do is give up all of your friends in your beloved city. <laughs> and then she's like, that's fine. I'll fight you with my laptop. Where's my laptop? Where's, where's my, my laptop? Where's my necklace? Where's my, that's where where's my I get all necklace? of my fashion power. <laughs> Even when I went into Dior, I could feel that there was <laughs> the style Power. and the grace was draining from my very blood. Dude, how, how great would it have been in Dior if when she fell, the camera just panned over and you just saw Natasha giving like a, hey. <laughs> she, she'd throw hey. a banana peel on the ground. <laughs> Natasha did that and she just smiles and she has a huge gold front. Yeah. Right there. <laughs> Ding. Oh, amazing. man. Um, no, we got we have to end this one. Uh, 
we love you all so very much. Thank you so much for joining us in this journey. Um, if you haven't already uh, listened to our podcast this far and haven't given us a, a rating on iTunes, then um, you know what? I hope you fall in Dior in Paris. Uh, I sincerely and- mean that. Yeah. <laughs> and please <laughs> hop on the, we're about to record a Patreon episode right now. And, mm-hmm. uh, and those are, those will d- double your listening pleasure. If you mm-hmm. enjoy the Bradshaw boys and it's $5 a month. And the more of those we get, the more we can give back to you. And we have some big time plans for after yeah. uh, the series is done. So please go do that. Yep. And yep. we love you all. Follow and us on just, Spotify. Rate us on iTunes. Mm-hmm. We love you all. Love you guys. See you next Later, week. Later, taters. Later, taters. Au revoir, taters. Later, taters. Au revoir, taters. Au revoir, taters. Au revoir, taters. The Bradshaw Boys stars Corey Cabin, Kevin James Doyle, and John Sieber. The show is produced by me, Jeremy Balin, and narrated by Katie Sieber. This podcast is part of the Seltzer Kings Network. Check out all their great podcasts at seltzerkings.com. You can find the boys on their socials at The Bradshaw Boys or on their website at thebradshawboys.com. And as always, if you see them in the street, tip your glass. Thanks for listening. <laughs>